0: Show me that smile again Show me me. that smile Don't waste another minute on your crying Hi everybody, this is Kirk Cameron
1: And and I'm here to tell you about Why the banana is the vehicle
2: for God's love Have you ever really looked at the human
0: eye? We are the world spinning right in our hands Baby, you and me got be, be the lucky dreamers. That never quit I'm
1: Alan Thick. I don't have <laughs> anything to say. <laughs> I just wanted to do my Alan Thick impression.
0: Boy, isn't Canada, be Canada great. Be you and me. Be I'm Jody Sweeten. What am I doing here? <laughs> sharing the laughter and love. Sharing the laughter and love.
2: Hi, I'm the head of Vox Media Law. We would like to formally apologize for our infringement of multiple copyrights and the impersonations of many different individuals. It's fine
3: if we discuss them editorially. Those things suck. (laughs) Those Um,
1: impressions were bad. There. That song is also my favorite sea shanty from Assassin's Creed 4. (laughs)
0: My name is Justin McElroy, and I know the
1: best thing of the week. Hey guys, Griffin here. I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher
3: Plant, and
2: I know the best game of the week. My
3: name is Russ Frostick, and I know the best game of the
0: week. Welcome to the Besties, where we talk about the latest and greatest in sports, Twitter, Twitter apps, Twitter fashion, Twitter etiquette, and movies. And but we and games, but this week it's just all about games. We're bringing it back to just a game-centric episode. Can
1: we talk a little bit about Twitter fashion? Because I'm, like, interested to hear, like, what that is. And a means. lot of
0: people right now are switching uh, their Twitter icons and names to something a little more uh, Yule Tidy. Yeah, I, I hate that. I don't like it either. It I did it, and Chris did it, but
3: it's really obnoxious like every Mine. fucking holiday needs its own like you know flag day's coming up i'm russ flag f- tick
2: well that's, a, that's actually not bad <laughs> yeah it uh, turned out way worse
0: mine's a h- horrifying image from christmas kisses which is just a old bearded man head emerging from a, a present which suits me just fine but it, it is upsetting is it like ghoulies where
3: he's coming out of the toilet but it's a present Every time I see it it
0: still kinda of upsets me. Everybody should go by there and just, you know, follow me real quick. Twitter.
1: He's uh <laughs> A plus K is his name. <laughs>
0: uh let's uh talk about some of the best things that's going on in games right now. You know, the year's winding down. So the major releases have, have died off as the Christmas rush uh has passed us by. We down in the we down in the dregs now. We in the but we in the soup. A lot of big uh a lot of fun. Uh, worthwhile indie games still coming down the pike uh, and smaller titles etc etc so we still got some stuff to talk about
3: this episode of the besties is sponsored by aura frames all right so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy i'm sure immediately names jump to your mind those are the sorts of people that you would say oh maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Who wants
1: to start us up proper?
3: Um, uh, not me, not it. Yeah, let's pick a, pick a big name release.
1: I'll pick a, how about, how about Dragon Age? You guys remember that franchise? Whoa. Yeah, not a big deal. EA Fantasy, R.A. Salvador. Uh, he didn't have anything to do with that, but he, he's a big name in fantasy. Dragon Age is back, better than ever. Kind of not really, though. Uh, in Heroes of Dragon Age, it's a, it's a portable mobile release for mm. phones and tablets. Um, I was dismayed that it wasn't just a direct port of the Facebook Dragon Age game. Y'all remember that little no, ditty? Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. It was a, uh, it was pretty good, as Justin just said. <laughs> um, it w- that was a decent little title. A uh, lot of, lot of turn-based strategy, team building shit going on there. Um, Heroes of Dragon Age, not, not so much into that. I called it the best Gashapon machine, uh, of 2013. Although that's probably not even true. Because uh, because Super Sick Man Golf 2 had a sweet little, oh, yeah, little gachapon machine in there, too. Uh, Would you start, like to
2: explain or, what a gachapon machine is for people I, a, who a, caps- don't know?
1: a capsule toy machine, I guess, sure, if, yeah. you're a, if you're a dullard. I think
3: people probably yeah. still don't know what that is.
1: Like, at a supermarket, you put a quarter in it, and you get a thing out.
3: Okay, now they know. Got it. <laughs> um, I just figured, like,
1: it's been in so many, like, Shenmue and that the Zelda Game Boy Color games, like what got, really it, yeah sure the gotcha tree you don't remember that shit no, anyway really. let's let's we're so distracted he, heroes of dragon age um is so so goddamn infuriating um because it has all of these elements that could make it a spectacular uh mobile role-playing game and it comes really really really, sure. really close uh it looks fucking fantastic it looks absolutely tremendous and to see like these characters in this world, uh, presented like beautifully. Uh, like Bar None, one of the one of the better looking games. Um, is is so heartening and then to watch the actual mechanics of the game fall so short is so disappointing.
3: Basically So you're saying it it, it does it well, just before we get into the gameplay, does it look yeah. better than like Infinity Blade?
1: Um, I don't know. I may be I may be conflating like how much I dig the dragon age world and and art style like it's it looks it looks a lot like proper dragon age um and and the character models are all beautiful and there's there's a ton of them uh, because that's sort of the hook of the game and and why i referred to it as like a capsule machine is you have this uh portal through which you summon these little statuettes of characters and the characters have different stats different things that they're good at sounds and like skylanders you build a team. No, it's definitely not. Um, you build a team with these with these characters, and you have a few options for boosting them. Like you can uh, cannibalize the characters you don't use to make your other ones stronger. You can
3: literally cannibalize uh, them. Uh, I don't.
1: I don't know if it doesn't show what happens, but they probably do. Just unhinge their jaw and swallow mm-hmm. the other person whole. Yep. Uh, or if you get like two of the same kind, you can combine them to make like a stronger version of that unit. Um, and then there's, there's a, to its credit, a lot of strategy for how you build a team. So you have five slots on your team. One for like a big monster type unit that's like a special type that can only fill this one slot. And then the other four are organized into two in a front row and two in a back row. So the front row ones you wanna put like your big strong guys up there because they get a health bonus for being in the front. And the back row you want like your um, heavier hitters, like your archers and magic people that can't take as much of a beating. Um, and then attacks sort of break down into various ways. Like some can attack the entire first row. Some will attack in like a straight column. Um, so so uh, all, all of that said, there is like a lot of differentiation between the stats, uh, between the, uh, the different characters. There is a lot of consideration for how you put your team together in terms of speed and order and whether your team is like capable of stunning your opponents big hitters so that you can mm-hmm. knock them out without getting murdered. Got to put some stunners in there. You put a few icy hot stunners in there and like <laughs> you're you're on your way to being golden. Um yep. what is a bummer? I mean all that, that sounded like a bummer to begin with. Yeah, it I'm already pretty bummed pretty wow, really? See, that's my that kind of shit's my jam though, like team building and uh uh stat boosting and collecting through this through this a capsule machine like all of that sounds really good to me because i guess i'm a fucking monster um combat is a hundred percent automated you basically start the battle and then see what happens with the team that you've built
3: so, did, so have you played assassin's creed 4 yeah you have yeah so not you know even, that not like even, mini mini game
1: it's kind of like kinway's fleet yes okay. a, a bit i guess maybe um Although there's there's a bit more depth to it than that, um, but even in Kinway's fleet, you can drop those those fire barrels right to yeah. sort of affect the. You don't even have that. Like you just you just watch watch the magic like happen. Watch what your dudes do. So like if you have a team of like super super slow fighters in the first round, they might get you know weakened or wiped out to a point where they won't be able to come back. So like it's all you put all the English on the ball in the menus and then you just sort of watch watch the result and it's so fucking disappointing because all that they needed was like one more little element of strategy that made you feel like you were in control of the battles yeah and and it could have been like a super super deep like really solid uh, mobile role playing game mm-hmm. um I, I think one of the reasons why it is so automated is because um, you can either choose to like follow along the quest where you play against AI components, or you can like match make against random people, or play against your friends through Game Center, and all that shit is actually implemented really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. And it's asynchronous, so they don't have to be there when you fight them because it's all automated. Like the battle's gonna fucking right. turn out however it was gonna turn out anyway. So like it's clearly built for that, but that that kind of streamlined multiplayer doesn't really matter if the mechanics themselves are especially
3: deep all Um, you're doing is just watching it play out it's almost like you remember that scene in searching for bobby fisher where Lawrence fishburne and ben kingsley have to like watch on as the young bobby fisher wannabe is playing Mm. chess and they're all like dude why are you pulling out your queen so early that's not what you're supposed to do but yeah. they can't say that out loud because that's against yeah. the rules of like totally. chess rules. Yeah. So totally. all you all they can do is just be like, hmm, totally. Right? Totally. I was in Gandhi. Like Totally. So it's something like exactly really got, like, I, was got, got on this.
1: I was on the Pee Wee show, totally. I yeah. totally get what you're saying, Russ. Um No <laughs> not really like that it's when when you
2: say it's more like building a D D character sheet and then taking away the dice because that's what it sounds like basically like throwing the dice is the fun part like doing something and having the risk of your own mistakes or your own skill is enjoyable not just like oh well i've accumulated stats on my sheet and well let me look at your sheet well it looks like i'm better than you you lose i mean there is there is There is an element, right? There is an element
1: of that, yes, because um, you know you have a chance to do critical hits. You have uh, the 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 turn order is sort of abstract. Like there are fast units, medium units, and slow units. So the fast units go first, but the order in which like all the fast units go, I haven't quite figured out how that breaks down. And like that sort of shit is actually very very important. But like you can't make your fast unit defend like it's just gonna do you can't even choose who they fucking attack like they just go they just go for it and <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's not it, it, whenever a battle's over you don't feel this sense of accomplishment like the tutorial Weird. has uh, these few battles where you just get wiped off the map like you just get murdered and it says oh well let's go buy a new guy and then you buy a new guy and drop him in and they're like all right now try again and then you do it and win and it's like that was the fucking solution. There like, it is. And there, there, there is some you can you, you spend it, like in-game gold to use the machine to to get new dudes. It's not a machine. It's like a portal or whatever. Um, but you can spend more gold to like guarantee your chance of getting a rarer unit, um, or you can spend the infamous second form of currency. Um, to get, like, a super rare unit, and you'll get that second currency drop by drop by drop by playing through, like, expert challenges in the game, or you can just fucking buy them. Or you can just, like, spend your
3: real-ass money on them. But I don't know why uh, anyone would buy anything in this game because it sounds so boring that it's like, oh, yay, I can play this elite unit in this boring strategy game. I mean, there is something to be said
1: about the fact that you have all this like all these customization options and you have like your ability to build a team is is very um, thorough uh, and there are a lot of ways to upgrade that team and like that shit is, is very rewarding but like that might do it for some people yeah but, but like, all you can give, do is just like watch it
3: all play out like Pat Morita fucking in, 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 oh the end God. of Karate Kid when Daniel's son goes out there like he's gonna get kicked in the ass by the Cobra Kai all Pat Morita can do is watch The horror play out, yeah. Yeah, So here's the thing
2: I hate about in-app purchases. Because I want to, I want to say this really quick, uh, and it's don't worry, it's it's another stupid metaphor. Um, But do you remember, like, did you guys collect Pogs as a kid?
1: Sure. I I loved
2: collecting Pogs, and if you don't know what they are, they were like they were the top of uh, old glass milk uh, bottles. But then they became like this whole like fruit juice. Actually, they were circles of cardboard. Whatever. Uh, the point is there were little circles of cardboard and collect them and then you'd like trade them with friends and gradually accumulate like rare pogs Um, and that was fun. That was like a fun thing to do with your friends um, Because you know, it, it was interactive and, and you got gradually got what you wanted and You didn't always get what you wanted, uh, but there was always one kid who was like this asshole with all the money in the world who would come and look at your collection um, and then either buy them from you and your friends Uh, Or just go into the store and buy everything all at once. Uh, And and it totally ruined it for everyone else. Because it was like, well, it's not fun anymore. That kid has the best collection. I will never be able to compete with that. And, like, I can't even resist just, like, giving my stuff to him because he'll it off me. And that's what pretty much everything I've been playing on mobile feels like lately. Where it's like, just to compete, uh, I can either dedicate my entire life to grinding this thing uh, or spend money uh and and, and 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 you know there will always be people who are out there willing to spend more money uh, how do you make I, the decision I can't get into it how
0: do you make the decision on whether or not you're going to spend money on a game
2: like a um, free to play game yeah i don't no I that's don't. not true I, I, like if I, I, play... I did recently and i hated myself for it
3: if I play I a game like Tiny Tower for hours and hours on end, I'll give them, ugh. like, money.
2: Yeah, that's typically because, how I kind I, like, I I, of...
1: Yeah. I paid for something in Super Stickman Golf 2.
2: I thought that was um, a game that actually cost money, though, and then you paid for more stuff. What? Super Stickman Stick Golf. Stick Golf? It's like a that's $2.99 possible. game, and there's, like, DLC. Um, I, I guess, yeah, I think there's a difference between, like, downloadable content and in-app... Per, like, I, I, I wish there was better terms for this because there is such a difference between you know like more levels than like hey you don't have to grind anymore. We made yeah. my, it purposely boring. So my you issue would pay with this more. game,
1: my issue with this game is less that it's pay to win um, because really that term really is only going to matter to you in this game if you do a lot of the PVP shit, which you don't have to. Like there's a, there's a big long quest mode full of like Dragon Age-y <laughs> lore shit. My problem is that like the there're like five different tiers of rarity for these figures to fall into and each step you move up like those heroes beat the ever-loving shit out of the level before like it's not even fucking close so like when you get a a low rarity character it's not like oh good i have this one for my collection it's like well fuck like this guy obviously sucks like there's it's it's a bad (laughs) rpg problem of like getting new things and having it be, like, the opposite of a reward, almost. Like, you just see that guy, and you think, like, well, I'm gonna have one of my other guys eat him. Like, <laughs> fucking cool. I don't know, it's just... It's it's kind of the opposite of the sort of reward structure that role-playing games usually go for. Anyway, it's, it's just so fucking frustrating, because I haven't played, like, a good role-playing game on mobile for a while, and it's because of this shit that just fucking kills me. Like, it, they put... They make it look amazing, sound amazing, put all these put all these uh um all this presentation work into it to make it like look like a triple i a ass game and then they just like make it so f- shitty make it better <laughs> just, just make keep- it better it's not that fucking hard and then like i play games that are really really good and have all these really great uh you know mechanics that just look like dog because they don't have the full power of ea leaning behind them
2: like Make a good fucking game, guys. You no, know, you can blame one game, and it's The Simpsons tapped out. Because Even The Simpsons tapped money out. Money maker, and, yeah. and now everyone's trying to rip it off. They all want. They all want that sort of cash. It's they a don't different time. Game cash.
1: It's a different thing, though, right? Because I, I'm not going to say that Simpsons tapped out is a bad game. Like it has a simulation thing that people dig. I play the fuck out of Heyday. I'm not afraid to admit it. But like role-playing games are so underserved because everybody's afraid to put, like, a fucking turn-based menu in that shit. Do it! I swear to God, and it's not gonna scare people away to choose shit from a menu. People love that Pokemon. People love them Pokemons. It just drives me up a wall, man.
3: Nintendo released release Pokemon on mobile. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah.
2: So, uh, the, uh, uh, should, should I bring the next thing? Okay, yeah, I'm please, yeah, please. Yeah, please. Sure. Okay. So, uh, you guys heard about this game, Kentucky Rot Zero, right?
0: Hell, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. So, it, for those that don't know about it, real quick, it's like a point-and-click adventure set in kind of the south with some really weird themes, and everything's a little stranger than you'd expect it to be. Kind of like a... I don't know, like Cronenberg meets Lynch meets Twilight Zone meets. With bad graphics. With okay, with uh really weird graphics. Uh, I love them. I think it's a beautiful game. No,
3: I think. You know what the sense. graphics remind me of is uh, Out of This World. Another world, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um. So it's great. And when I say point-and-click adventure, I don't usually like that stuff. There's none of those dumb puzzles uh, that uh, get in the way of those sorts of games. It it just has a really interesting way of getting you from point A to point B that uh, I just just eat it up. But you're you're probably like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do that. That sounds like a gamble, and I don't want to spend, I think it's like 15 bucks for the entire season of games. Uh, Five in all, I believe. Uh, Well, guess what? They make interludes And they're free, and they're kind of tangentially connected to the story, but they won't spoil anything. And the one that I am bringing is the best interlude of the week, and it's called The Entertainment. Um, And, Justin, you actually had a chance to play this, right?
0: I did. I experienced the entertainment for myself.
2: So, uh, just so I'm not, like, talking about all this exposition, do do you want to tell everyone what The Entertainment is?
0: No. I really? think we should do
2: that. Oh, okay. Yes, you haven't
0: even you haven't even set it up yet. It's your. Sure. It's your baby. I well,
2: I wanted want to give. Some also, of... I don't
0: think you and I agree on it. So, like, we should. Oh. I, oh. We should some tension. Yeah, there's some mild tension here.
2: Okay, so the entertainment is a one-act play, uh, in which you are one of the characters or one of the actors playing one of the characters. You are sitting uh, at the front of the stage, uh, and uh, scenes are kind of happening at a bar behind you. Uh, but you can also look in all full 360 view. You can see what's happening in the wings. You can see the audience uh, sitting in the dark. And you have the option to kind of click on things to either hear what's happening in the scenes or you can see some stage direction that's on the table that is your performance. Uh, you can see the reviews as they are coming in by uh, looking into the back of the theater. Uh, it, and it's great. Uh, I don't want to spoil what the entertainment actually is, but it's very much uh I guess an homage to kind of like the Eugene O'Neill uh I, I know the the creators uh say that Beckett was an inspiration, but
3: Yeah, it feels like more like it
2: feels much more uh, I don't think so at all. I think it feels much more like O'Neill and Miller. It's it's very traditional American drama. Right. It's not
0: it doesn't delve into like absurdist. It's not Harold Pinter. Like it's
2: yeah, and it's you not even like existential. You guys are putting me
1: into a fucking uh, coma. S- sorry. Okay. Okay.
2: <laughs> well. And in, 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 if you're in a coma, you're probably not going to like it. That was uh, the
1: worst 15 seconds of podcast I've ever been a part of. <laughs> that was fucking terrible.
3: We turned into another podcast just then. We turned
2: it into a exciting. theater podcast. Here at The Besties, we talked about many things. it. Good one. Guys, I have to get my theater education.
3: Uh, here's what I'll, what I'll say, and I'll try not to be pretentious when I say it. Uh, it does feel like you're in a theater watching a play play out, complete with, like, really cool lighting and sound design. And um, it's sort of an interesting, like, story that you're following along with. And it just, like, I felt, even though it's, like, literally, like, I guess 20 minutes long and free, and but I was, like, totally engaged and, like, felt like I was inside the scene, which is more than I can say for a lot of, like, AAA
2: console games. And if you're so, one of the rare people who has Oculus Rift, you kind of can be inside of it, because it was designed yeah, with, it Oculus with Oculus Yeah, it works
3: with Oculus Rift. Which is um, very cool as well. I mean, I, I honestly think, like, if you are interested in indie games at all, there's no reason why you shouldn't download it. It ran great on my MacBook Air, so you don't need, a, like, a beefy computer to run it. Um, and uh, it's, you know, experimental, yeah. but I found it way more interesting than just, like, a lot of those games that are, like, yeah. experimental and not at all fun or engaging. They're I just like I think it's weird for the sake of weird.
2: Yeah, it's very accessible, but it, I mean, what form is giving us shit about is like how you will talk about this game. It is a game that wants to be treated with like a certain importance and it wants you to think and talk critically and apply, you know, an understanding of theater or anything to it. It doesn't want to be talked about like.
3: Super- yeah, I mean, it, it feels like, you know, whether it's theater or, like, you just left a David Lynch movie and are talking about how fucking weird it was, like, that's you're how I feel. you going to say felt. some pretty crazy things.
2: Like, yeah. it was weird, so, but at
0: the same time, conceptually, it's very clear on what it is. I mean, sure. what you have described is, like, yes, that is, yes, that is what it is. it is. It is, you're pretending to be an actor in a play, and the play is going on around you. I mean, like, that's the whole, the whole bit. Um, and I, and I think in that sense, it it almost makes the, the the mechanically it's not surreal. I mean, it it is using game mechanics, but in a fairly mundane sense. I mean, you you sure. you know what they're angling for.
1: So is it kind of like the opera scene
3: in Final Fantasy VI? Um, you're, the, you're the worst. You you. Are. It's not that far off. <laughs> Remember that scene in Hook where he hits the baseball and they're like, "Run home, Jack." Yeah, yeah. It's, it's exactly like that. <laughs> okay. I just don't.
1: I don't. I don't understand. I haven't played Kentucky Route Zero, so like I'm. Yeah,
3: prob- well, I would say I, I like. I honestly believe you don't. Ha- like you should play Act One, but I don't think you need to play any of it to enjoy this or be interested in this. Just give it a shot. It is literally just twenty minutes long. Um, I think it's not for everyone, but like, that's what you can say about everything. So whatevs. Well, I'm. I'm curious what your issue is, Justin. It's not my
0: issue. I guess like I. I you were so high on it, and I yeah. and I get it, like I get why I think, but I didn't. It just didn't grab me in the same way. I thought it was it was interesting. Um, did
2: did you play the installation one, the one before this that is no. about installation art? So no. what like, I what I really like about what they've been doing with the interludes is they're taking things that are things that I think they have a certain expertise in, um, you know, outside of video games, and they're using. Uh, their jobs basically as an excuse to deconstruct those things which is again we're getting into like high-minded territory here but in the case of the entertainment i like it because even if you don't know about theater it's this really cool deconstruction of what goes into a production uh and you are happening to be right in the middle of it but you see uh you hear the sound effects that are, you know, playing on stage, and you're used to just hearing sounds when you're playing video games, so it doesn't mean anything. But then it explicitly states what those are. Uh, it, it just makes you very aware of everything that's happening to you, and that's kind of, like, aware of your senses. And I think that is really, really fascinating. Yeah, I, I would agree uh, with that. And something I don't expect from video games.
3: Yeah, I, I would say, like, even the characters, which are obviously, like, use that stylized, like, out-of-this-world style... I for because of the art design and the uh, or rather because of the sound design and like the noise that they make as they walk across the stage and stuff like that, like they felt way more real to me than like the pirates on my ship and Assassin's Creed four do. Like they felt yeah. like believable and meaty and like I, I was engaged. So And
2: Yeah. Yeah. What I love so much about the entertainment and just Kentucky Route 2 as a whole is when I'm playing these games, I feel like I'm in the hands of smart people who are confident in what they're saying. They're not just doing what I don't like about some indie games where it's like an ambiguous attempt at uh, importance. And it's like, well, this is, you know, it's a metaphor for the world and, you know, yada, 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 and it doesn't really mean jack shit, but you can overread into it all you want. Right. Um, well, here, I, I think it's very clear what they want you to take away from it and I think there is room for you to bring something to it but I, I think I when I'm playing it I get the sense of like oh, they meant to do this. This was very carefully thought out. I
0: guess what I what I'm sa- what I was saying it, to, to try to clarify my point a little bit more, I think the interesting things it, uh, that it is saying is not being said by the game itself like I, I don't think that the idea that this is a game, Makes it more affecting than it would be if it was just a, you know, a play that I was watching. Outside the idea of like being in the play, but you're not actually performing in any sort of meaningful way. I mean, you, because of the way it's designed, your part is a pantomime. Um, so you're still very much an observer. Uh, sure. And and I and I guess I would uh, if I was disappointed about something, it was the fact that I I wasn't more. A part of the experience, I,
2: I yeah, I, I think that's totally uh fair. I I, I guess, but what, that's more, maybe
0: just yeah. more from this than it actually is, and in that uh, it's even
2: able to do on right. the restraints of two people who are supposed to be making a, another game. I, I, I do agree with you. I would say the one thing that it is able to do as a game that it that it couldn't do as any other medium, even being a play, is that it can give you that opportunity and it can make that opportunity available, um, you know no one's going to get a chance to have that sort of interactive art experience in, you know, rural Kentucky in real life. You know, right. you're not going to have this staging. Um, if something like this even happened, you know, it would be in the MoMA and you would have to wait online for three days to get a chance to do it. And, and that's what, uh, again, like same with the installation art one is, they're finding ways to bring these experiences uh, to lots of people via video games. And that dog loves it.
0: Yeah, I think that's interesting. Or is that an
2: ambulance? I think it's
0: an ambulance. <laughs> okay.
2: That, if that's a dog, fuck. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I'm over the past couple of weeks. I just think Kentucky Red Zero is like blown up for me uh, in terms of how great I think it is. Uh, so I'm sure there'll be something that I hope we'll be talking about a lot more on the end of the year show. If, oh my gosh, I'll, I'll save that for the end of the show. Y'all
0: Their wireless plans, there is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars, for, like literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye. To your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages sound familiar to get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, Fees and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details.
3: It's halftime.
0: What are you guys into?
3: Um, we can talk about. We can talk about my when I got. You married. want to talk about getting wedded? I, I didn't know if you wanted to delve in, but I. So it was freezing cold, and what is normally, from what I understand, pretty damn hot down there in Texas. It was. It was
1: 27 degrees during my outdoor wedding, which is um, not ideal. Just like for human, just for human flesh, it's not the ideal temperature to like steep that shit in. Uh, it was sixty-five degrees that same day last year, which is pretty cool. Thanks a lot for that, uh, Earth, I guess. Um, <laughs> nah, it's Obama. S- thanks a lot, Obama, for the weather, for the yep. for the kindness. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was pretty cold. You guys like, I, we we all put on a brave face. Justin was there. I invited him. <laughs> thank um, you <laughs> you're you are quite welcome um it was cold though you're right it is it was were you real tired
0: cold. of people talking about how cold it was
1: uh I was like the only, nobody everybody else was else was too polite like oh it was a beautiful ceremony like thanks it was but like my dick is gone <laughs> my, yeah. dick,
3: my dick shattered
1: in the crystalline shards
3: wow so was this like like an, like a last minute well obviously you knew it was gonna be cold that week but like what's is there tension leading up to it like what are we gonna do?
1: Yes, yeah, so the the venue was great because they gave us like a tent and a bunch of heaters and uh, fire pits and stuff. And like once we got into that like heat zone, yeah, and created like a little sanctuary of warmth, uh, that was really nice. But like during the ceremony and when we were taking pictures and anytime you got outside of that perimeter, it was it was dick shatteringly cold. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it was really it was it was pretty miserable. Thankfully, we had a real short ceremony, uh, because. Nobody likes a long ceremony. Yeah, mm. um, and then we just we had an open bar, so that helped to keep people warm. I think. Damn straight. Um, no all, think,
3: all things considered, I guess I'd call it like the wedding of the century. Do, does it feel uh, since you've been working on this wedding for a year or so now? Does it feel like you took a, geni- a ginormous poop? Uh, it, does, it, it does. It like, does both
1: figuratively and literally. You did. Uh, I don't really want to talk about that, really. Dying. So, do you guys want to know anything else about being married? Yeah,
2: how is it? It's
1: pretty good. Yeah.
2: Do you yeah, want any tips about keeping it
0: fresh?
1: I will. Say, I will say this about uh, a, from a gamer's perspective because that's all we do here. <laughs> right. It's it's given from a gamer's perspective. Uh, it makes it hard to to watch the with this ring on my finger. Oh no! It's getting in the it's getting in the way of like. My usual like digital movements that I'm like super used to doing. Such a humble brag.
2: What? I mean, oh it's, yeah, sorry. I, I just, I'm having trouble playing my keyboard. What with this ginormous wedding ring on in my. Well, sense of okay. Bliss.
1: First of all, I don't think dudes get to brag about like. Did you the get a size, massive rock on that thing? This, Did she hooked you uh, up. Yeah, man. She uh, she done yeah, me good. Yeah. Um, no, it, like, it's, it's tough, like, playing guitar, like, I'm, that career of mine is, like, fucking over, um, because mm-hmm. you just can't, you just can't, um, do it anymore. It feels, anymore.
0: it feels that way now, you, I, I promise you, and I, I mean, think playing uh, will probably back me up, you do, you will get used to if it. Eventually,
1: yeah. you correct to it, right? Like, it, it's, yeah. it, it's like, it just a, becomes
0: part of your finger.
1: It's like when a, like, a star pitcher, you know, breaks his shoulder or something like that, and then he has to, like, pitch around the pain, that's yeah. sort of where I'm at, like, my my StarCraft two apms have like plummeted, and oh, it's because no. my my pinky and ring finger just keep like tripping all over each other.
3: Have Have you considered wearing the ring around your neck like Nathan Drake? I thought about doing that,
1: but then I realized how very very silly that would look. Yeah. just how just how completely silly it would look. Because I you really feel...
3: would need the skin tight like waffle shirt and like the shoulder holster to like make the look set off. What did you call it? Skin tight waffle shirt. Yeah. That's something. You know, like one of those thermals.
0: <laughs> Man, I wish I had a shirt made of waffles.
3: Man, I'll mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um,
1: anyway, let's talk about another video game. I'm sick of bragging about being married. It is really great though, if you can if you can if you have the means. <laughs> I highly recommend it.
3: <laughs> uh, we can talk uh, about my game.
0: Hit me. I'm ready. Uh,
3: so my game uh is actually came out I think a few months ago. Um But I didn't play it because it wasn't on Mac. And then when it came to Mac, I didn't play it for a while because I was busy. And then Steam had their little sale thing. And they sold a bunch of games for really cheap. And I bought two games during that sale. Uh, One of them was Rogue Legacy, which we've already talked about on the show. Yummy, yummy. Delicious game. It's a delight. And then the other one uh, is a game called Teleglitch Die More Edition. Presumably there was a Teleglitch before this one edition um but uh interestingly enough they're both roguelikes uh but handle rogueliking in different ways so teleglitch is a top-down shooter um you know uh, picture it like a dual stick shooter if you will but the maps are randomly generated um the items are sort of uh scattered around the map randomly and it plays almost like a top-down Doom insofar as, like, it's very tense and scary and ammo is very limited. And you're sort of just creeping around this world trying to survive and shoot dudes and you find items and weapons and there's actually a whole, like, weapon crafting system. So if you find, like, two tubes and a M chip you can make, like, a boss shotgun.
0: Let me stop you here. What's your, like, best? Like, what's this the best of?
3: This is the best... What did I say? I don't remember what I wrote in the email. Something... You wrote, this is the best oh. reason to reload. Oh, yeah. Best reason to reload. Okay, good. Thank you for reminding me. So, this is the best reason to reload because... Um, it is one of those games where, like, reloading is a big part of the, like... You can get screwed over because reloading, like, takes a noted amount of time. And because it's so difficult and because it's a roguelike, if you die... You get sent back to the very beginning. So that moment that you have where it's like, oh, did I reload? Oh, I didn't. Yeah, I just got eaten by a goblin is far more intense than it would be if it was just like, oh, whatever, I'll, I'll load that quicksave piece of cake.
0: Isn't that creating, like, artificial drama, like, because... I mean, you can
3: say that system. about any roguelike, really. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think it's artificial. I think it just it. encourages um, precision and the uh, learning of the mechanics each time you play. Like, it's, like, I'm not upset when I have to... Well, I am a little bit upset, but I, I'm not bothered by having to replay a level over again because it's about Master. It's like Spelunky. Remember Spelunky? Remember that yeah, game that we like talked about? Either. I know you well, don't. Oh,
2: the greatest game of the generation? Yeah.
3: Okay, cool. So, I, I mean, that's the genre. If you don't like roguelikes, if you don't like starting from scratch and, like, having the satisfaction of, like, learning the mechanics slowly but surely until you're, like, an absolute god at them... Uh, you probably won't like this game. It is called Die More Edition, so you will die a lot. It's very, very difficult. Uh, perhaps too difficult. I think even I, uh, lover of really difficult games, think this game is probably a little too difficult.
0: Thank but, you for not saying rush, fresh at Game Master like we all assumed you would.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's... Um, it really like, it feels tense in the way that like a lot of first-person shooters don't anymore. This isn't a first-person shooter, it's a top-down game, but in the in that, like, throwback feeling of, like, when you were first playing Doom and you had, like, two shotgun bullets and a fucking fireball-throwing imp came out the door and you freaked out, like, it has that same vibe. You know that vibe? Have you lived that vibe? <sighs> I do. Is, is there any, like, level of persistence? Like, when you uh, die... So- so that actually, is to
0: enjoying a
3: there is some minor persistence in that if you get to uh, level like three, or I'm sorry, if you get to level five, every time you start, if you want to skip right to level three, you can do that. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Um, it puts you at a minor disadvantage because you don't have like as much equipment as you would have if you would play through from the beginning. But that's sort of the level of persistence. There's also like... As you play, you like get, you learn schematics like how to build certain weapons, and that keep that is tracked in a database. Okay. So you can like, res, you know, so look
1: kind, at of, database. kind of kind of spelunky esque. Yeah, spelunky. I can spelunky. You unlock
3: shortcuts to other levels, yep.
1: but by the time you get there, like you don't have the cape or whatever.
3: Yeah, um, hmm. and uh, yeah, it just it it was an interesting take on a roguelike... um one that I hadn't, you know, it feels like everyone like Rogue Legacy took on the Castlevania genre and like added rogue likey stuff. Um, you know, Binding of Isaac was like a Legends of Zelda style. Right,
1: I like I like that as like a a like a side dish. I like roguelike elements on on the side, not when they are like the complete fucking focus of the game.
3: Like, what well, do you think? That's what Spunky is.
1: Um. Kinda, of, but I, I like stumpy. So or maybe that thing I just said was. So dumb. there you go, boom. So I, I never Boy, really no, got I... I never got deep into FTL because I just I just found it too too punishing. Like I yeah. got super invested, and like I understand why it built tension, and I, I guess the game was um, good about doing that better than most. But man, oh man, did it make me not really want to play the game again after I had a few really good runs that just ended in in
2: tragedy. Yeah, I think uh, those games like you have to not want to win. In a certain degree, <laughs> like if that makes any sense, I I I enjoyed FTL even when I lost. I, I I never really thought that I would beat it, so I just had fun kind of seeing how far I could get. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm deranged.
1: And and I will say, whenever I you feel that way about a game, and then you do manage to finally <laughs> beat it, I, I beat Spelunky for the first time this year, and it was the goddamn greatest accomplishment of my entire life. So like, yeah. if you can stick with it, it it pays off. But um. I I rarely am able to.
0: Okay, uh, who's,
1: who's last? Who's me. Repp- I like.
0: Yeah, I'd like it. to talk with you gentlemen about my game. It is a professional game made by a person. Uh, I do not know the developer. His Christian name, I, I'm not aware of. But it, it, the game is called The Novelist. Um,
2: made by Kent Hudson.
0: Kent Hudson. That's a good name. Um, so the novelist is. Uh, a game in which you're a spirit of some sort living like wine in a house.
3: or booze uh,
0: mm-hmm. uh you're a spirit of some sort that's living and has occupied a house that a family moves into uh, for the summer the family is uh the titular nautilist, his wife, and their son, tommy who's five um, and the as the spirit you in in each chapter, uh, the the game spans a summer uh, at their at this uh, resort house, basically uh, v- a vacation home of sorts. Uh, each chapter spans a week in their lives. Um, the way it plays out is that each week there is a dilemma of some sort. There is uh, some some problem. Um, each person has sort of their own approach. To the issue, to the problem, uh, and sometimes the problems aren't related. Like in in one chapter, um, the 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 novelist Dan, I think, is his name. Uh, Dan wants more time to uh, work on his novel, and his wife Linda wants the family to eat together, and their son, you know, maybe wants to go to the amusement park or something. Um, As the spirit, you wander around this house um, looking for clues as to what the characters want. Sometimes those take the form of, like, diary entries. Sometimes they take the form of uh, paintings or notes that they've left. Uh, And you can also climb into the memories of each of the people uh, in the house and see their uh, memories that sort of influence their decision-making and what they want. And you as the spirit make a decision as to what path uh, they're going to take, who's basically going to win and get what they want in the family. Um, And you can also secondarily choose a compromise, uh, which is sort of like a half-hearted attempt at what one of the family members wants. And then one person is just getting left out in the cold, not getting anything they want. Uh, And as you make these decisions, the story of the family sort of changes and evolves, um, to, to shape around how you've guided them. Um, so as the spirit, there's sort of a parallel between the spirit and, uh, and a novelist in in its own right, who's sort of choosing the, the way a story unfolds and which characters win and which characters lose. Um, there's actually two very different methods of playing the game. Uh, in one, you're a uh, you're you're free to walk around the house at your leisure um, and More like float, right? Well, yeah, actually float. Uh, you can zip between uh, light fixtures to get around the house more quickly. Um, in the other mode is stealth, where the members of the family can see you so you have to be careful about how you go around the house and how you avoid their eyes and Usually that's zipping between light fixtures again, um, but you can also make the light fixtures flicker to distract them so you can get something if you want to um I didn't play that way I just played the the story uh mode i I don't think that this would necessarily be served. I went back and checked out a little bit playing stealth i didn't particularly enjoy it mainly because the loading times are pretty long for uh when you when you get caught by a member of the family you you're sort of set back a bit and there's a, a bit of a load um, I called it the most um the best educational game of the week. And I, I think that that's, I, I think that that, the thing that surprised me most about the novelist, it's definitely, you know, a, a, an art game, whatever that, that means. Um, it's not traditional mechanics by, by any stretch of the imagination. But what's very interesting about it is that I, in my own life, have to, a lot of times, choose between work and family uh, and and keep those two balanced. And the novelist was surprisingly like super helpful in helping me to sort of like uh, a nice exercise in seeing in other people's perspectives because it's, it's so rare that in, in any sort of entertainment um, y- you actually are that aware of motivations for three different people, conflicting motivations. And you are deciding what is the most most worthwhile um can you can you win
1: or lose can you make it to like the end of the game and like your your whole family's gone or can you make it to the end of the game and like your book is like shitty
0: well yes i mean you you there are many many different outcomes depending on how much uh, and 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 in what degrees and in what situations individual people win and lose in certain scenarios
2: and it's not binary like some scenario like so each of these is broken up into like days and some days the decision is, you know, it's important but not super important. But there are other days where, like, the decision you make will have a major impact. Uh, and the days are randomly organized each time you play them. So if you you played it, you would not have the same order of days that Justin had. Um, and you, So you don't really know when an important day is coming. Uh, no one doesn't really alert you that it's an important day. You it, are not the only, I
0: mean... It is very much about just deciding how these characters' lives play out. There's not a win-lose scenario in a traditional sense because you are controlling the destinies of three people. Um, and, and actually, the only thing that I, I wasn't crazy about is the game has this sort of weirdly... Um, there's a weirdly patriarchal overtone to it because you are making a decisions that for this entire family, but the way, you, um, the way you pass your decision on is you whisper into uh, Dan, the novelist. You whisper into his ear while he's sleeping, which gives the implication that, like, Dan is making these massive decisions, you know, for his entire family. It, it, I, I would have liked it a little bit better, I think, if, if he had been – if the, the spirit or whatever had whispered, like, to the, the couple – so it didn't put this this focus on Dan because I think by making aside from the patriarchal overtones, I think by um, tying you to to Dan as the your sort of avatar in the world, um, it it makes the decisions feel more like a win and lose depending on the fate of his his book.
2: <clears throat> uh, I I really enjoyed it, and I think what I found uh, surprising about it was at the end. I wasn't happy with uh, one of the results. Uh, mm-hmm. I, 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 things didn't go very well for uh, the son. And Uh-oh. while I was not happy about it, I, it was also fair. Uh, like, I made decisions that I thought were appropriate, and I felt horrible that things didn't work out for uh, the kid. But it it, what it it was weird because it seemed to show what, I guess, my priorities right now are as, like, Someone, a young married person. Absolutely. Like, I, yeah, would, I, I was absolutely definitely feel the same way. The idea of that couple being happy. I, but it's, and and I,
0: I was focused on that, I think, over. And I think that if I had, I wonder if I'll go back and play it, uh, you know, once I have a kid, if my, you know, priorities would shift well, as I was playing it. Because the wife's arc is sort of about. Her happiness with her husband. Um, there's there's a, a part of it's self, it satisfaction with herself, but they make it very clear that those two yeah. are tied together. For her, he is part of what's making her feel like, you know, and and caring for their son is part of what's sort of robbing her life of some sense of satisfaction. So, like, I was sort of biased towards helping their relationship, but I think a lot of that is just where about where I am in my life right now. The
1: the reason I'm having a hard time, I guess, connecting with this is. I these types of elements have been in games before and I I never ever approached them with what is what kind of person am I and how do these decisions reflect on my real life it is always from a very mechanical like what is going to get me to the ending that I think I'm going to like so the because most. Then and you saying that I can't yeah. wait to go back and play it once I have a kid like then are you just gonna play it trying to get the good
0: kid ending? Like No, I, I was really going by my honest, like in the scenario, I'll give you an example, okay? So in one of the scenarios, you uh, your wife's grandmother dies, Dan's wife's grandmother dies, Linda, her grandmother dies, and the decision is Dan's publishers want him to go on this book tour uh, and it directly conflicts with uh Linda, and you you know that if you go with her to the funeral, then it's going to hurt the book. If you work on the book instead of with her, then you are are going to impact your your relationship um and then Tommy the kid uh, he wants something banal I don't know he wants like to play it in the sand or something. Kids. So you, yeah, I know, right. So you make it so in that situation, I thought like, okay, well, Linda should get the points here. She should be the one who should, that seems much more important to me, but it, than working on the book, but like a, a book tour would be a really huge promotional opportunity. Uh, the other part of it is, I don't know what happened directly before that. So maybe I arbitrarily make the decision to have Linda win in the last day and then in this day like I definitely want her to win and that can really set up some bad patterns that can like really impact the the outcome and and, and you know, I was I, honestly and it makes you pay when yeah. you don't like for instance in that situation for example there is a there you get like a little epilogue as to how your not an epilogue I guess but you, there's a section that it writes in a in a book in a fictional book about sort of what that character did as a result of the decision and like in that one Tommy th- the kid uh, plays by himself and uh, is sad that he can't go to the beach and tries to they make this specific detail he tries to make a ramp for his cars with the uh, shovel from his bucket but the sh- shovel is too light and it doesn't work. Oh. And it doesn't. I know, right? It's Brutal. like the biggest bummer. And that's the only mechanical. I thought you were going to say, like, scorpions
1: came out of the <laughs> Scorpions <laughs> come out.
0: Yeah. And that's the only mechanical impetus. I mean, there is no mechanical attachment. It's just about, like, crafting a story and yeah. shaping a story and how you want to see it play out.
2: And to, to Griffin's point, that this has been in most games, the, the problem is it's always, you know supplementing other games. Like, this is the game.
3: Yeah, and, it's not, in, in j- most games, you'd make a decision, and it'd be like, okay, you're gonna make this decision, and We're now you'll get plus 15 gold. Well, no, 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 like,
0: like how it's, hor- it's, it's it, horseshit in, like, Old Republic, for example.
3: Like, yeah. it's not a
0: real emotional decision I'm making, right. because what I want is lightning. Like, right. I want lightning to shoot maybe, on my hand. Maybe, so, but, yeah, I'll kill a baby. There there the are thing, examples.
1: I think the, the, the Walking Dead games are a pretty good example of this, but, like, the point I was trying to make is that it's not coming from a place of, like, Personal morality—it's coming kind of from a place of like, oh, I I, I really like uh, this one character, so I, I, whenever I get to a decision about whether or not they live or die, I'm gonna do the I'm gonna do the live one just because that's the story that I want to tell, yeah. and like sure. that, for me that sort of depletes the uh, I, the this idea of it being a reflection of the type of person that I am because to me the type of person I am is like the guy who likes Gary like it, it yeah. just does So
3: maybe if the stakes are not live or die they're just like well you're just living in a house with people uh that sort of removes that impetus and you're really just like making decisions for how you would ordinary like how you would deal with that situation in real life
0: and to I make, think to to always choose one character it is not you like you will not do that it is set up so emotionally Watch like me. you have not met Gary he fucking <laughs> rules uh, you will not like. It is not designed so you like Dan wins all the time. Like Dan wins all the time, and I don't know what would happen. I'll it would with, be brutal. I'll, I'll, I'll
1: play with Gary in a sandbox. He didn't even want to do that. He's a grown ass man, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> Get in a sandbox with me, Gary. It's a blast. <laughs> we'll use our hands. Don't worry about the shovel.
0: Um, it's like fourteen bucks. I think it might even be on sale for like twelve. Um, and it's
2: on Mac and PC. You know, like you know who uh, made it is more of those 2K Marin devs. Uh, the 2K Marin dream lives on as the studio that would go on to make amazing, innovative IPs. Just not actually just 2K not Marin. at that particular company. Uh, and the
0: yeah, uh, yeah the the playtesters for this is like a who's who of game development. It's like crazy the the big names that he has on like his like these people. He also has a section where he thanks um, parents for talking with him about the experience of raising a child in the in the credits, where, like, wanting to get what that dynamic is right, which is, I think, speaks a lot to, like, what kind of game um, this is. Uh, because you really... I, I think the thing, Griffin, that you don't realize until you play it, is, like, it doesn't feel like you're making story beat decisions to try to get to an outcome. It's, it's really much more compartmentalized than that like you you make very small decisions and hope that you can find a balance where everybody is is happy or or is at least you know moderately well off and I think if you're playing with that like that is the goal the unstated goal um, that that you are working towards and, and that's what makes it so difficult I think is because you are playing with like it, not about this character's going to win, but how can I make it so at the end of the day everyone's as happy as they can be and and w- once you're playing it with that and you're making like real decisions about what that means for you, like what what in, in an impossible decision where no one's going to be happy, um, making those kinds of decisions is is really interesting, and I think genuinely gave me more perspective into making those decisions in in my own life, which you know name me the number of games that do that. Six. Six. Six games. Yeah. Check it out on Wikipedia. He's right.
3: So who won? Yeah, that sounds interesting. I know I didn't fucking win. I would give it to Justin. Yeah, his, his Yeah, that was, that, that was a good argument. I like that. Uh, I wanna, I'm i gonna check out this game now. You sold me on it, Justin. You sold uh, me on the morality of sand.
0: I hope I get a kick... I hope I get a kick back.
3: <laughs> um, everyone, I guess, hold on to your assholes...
1: For next week.
3: Yeah, so we're, we're going to, uh, I think it's time we should talk about what's going to go down. Okay, I'm ready. We're gonna jam- um, I'd like to, I'd we're like gonna, to know. We're going to jam firecrackers up everyone's assholes and blow them clean <laughs> away. Uh, you guys might realize, or might already know, that we haven't been picking a best game of the week all year. Did you notice that? I noticed it. Um, despite that, we've all sort of discussed it. And we have quite a swath of games that we consider to be the best games of the year. Uh, And we're going to pit them against one another. But that doesn't mean you don't get to be involved because we're letting you, the listener, vote on the final four games to be included. Uh, Right now we have a link up on Polygon.com that uh, lists the 12 games that we picked. And then you uh, uh, readers can write in the comments uh, with... Please, Please
1: Jeebus Crebus, don't
3: vote for the twelve games that we already picked, yeah, guys. Tremendously dumb if you do that. Your vote will be thrown volcano. Your vote into will be volcano. destroyed. You will be
1: disenfranchised.
3: Vote for but the for the, the idea should. is that we would uh, have an awesome series of submissions um, from folks, uh, yeah. and we can fill out that final four. Don't. Probably don't vote for Bioshock Infinite either, because like
1: everybody has done that. That one's probably okay. I don't know why it wasn't in the top twelve
0: already. This isn't a top twelve, to be to be clear. It's these a, are our twelve finalists, but they yeah, they're they, not in any order. You never know how it's gonna how the brackets are bracketing is gonna shake out. Some of these might do all right. Um, yeah. Do you want to
1: read us? the list? Sure. What we uh, have already. The last yeah, I'm of curious. the Last of Us. Last of Us the last of us uh <laughs> grand theft auto 5 tower fall legend of zelda link between worlds rogue legacy brothers uh super mario 3d world assassin's creed flo- floor uh gone home saints row floor and tomb raider 2013 edition
3: there's definitely some biggies that are missing from there i know uh, animal crossing's not in there uh yeah. bioshock as you mentioned uh, if you if that list angers you in any way, and it has apparently, w- it has apparently angered everyone already. We did a People are job furious. Did this be- go up? It's oh yeah, up. it's up. And people are furious. And the only way to ensure that your voice is heard is to write in all capital letters and bold what game you think should be on that list. And call Weak. who uh, call all four of us idiots. Even though I
1: definitely think Bioshock should have been on this list, I'm I'm right there with you guys. I don't want to throw the other three people on this podcast under the bus, but heave-ho! There you go. <laughs> Those are the tires going over your bodies. Oh, ouch. Oh, no.
2: only, in this, only in this universe. Don't worry. There's um, another dimension where it didn't happen. Yeah, so uh, you may be
3: asking what we're going to do with this list. The answer is we are going to do a massive two-part video edition of the Besties Game of the Year, similar to what we did last year. This year will be even better, uh, and we're going to uh, duke it out uh, Sweet sixteen bracket style, so that's something to look forward to as well. Uh, wow. The first episode of that will be up on uh, December twenty third. Are we are we doing both of them, on like the Christmas Christmas week? Uh, no, the thir- the last one will go up on the thirtieth. Okay, so cool. it's going to be a week gap, so people right. will be say- uh, dying to know what our picks are. Exciting psyched
0: this is also exciting so uh catch it catch the fever
3: cool uh
2: yeah everyone get excited and where can uh, they go vote plant where can they go vote they can go vote on polygon.com at that blog post which you can find at the top of polygon.com right now or you know what we will throw a link in the besties episode article uh so you can you can vote there perfect okay
0: uh thank you all so much for joining us for the besties we hope you've had uh, some fun and hope it didn't get too highfalutin for you you know when you get a few brainiacs like us on the same show it tends to get a little snooty so uh i hope I hope you were able to keep up with all of our hit references and
1: um <laughs> it was really like picasso at the lapin agil today it was yeah. it was kind of a rough one for me because like i don't know shit just you
0: like just you still
1: know like things steve martin reference uh, yeah, that's more, I thought that was more accessible, you know, like King Tut, you know, like yeah. people get, no. People get that shit and they love it. Now I'm your watch. That's another Steve Martin reference from the from mm-hmm. the hit film Shop Girl. Oh, that's good. You remember that scene? You remember that scene when fucking Claire Danes is like, my watch is gone. And he holds her wrist. He's like, now I'm your watch. It's like, Steve Martin, fucking
3: don't. Gross <laughs> barf forever. Buckets of barf. Uh, I knew. Yeah, the link will be in the post for the for this podcast. Now I'm your I, shoe. I and he like
1: <laughs> like Step wraps himself me. around her foot. His
3: entire mouth around your foot.
1: Uh-huh. I'm a shoe.
0: Oh no, I'm a foot. Oh <laughs> no.
1: Now I'm your backpack. Get off me, Steve Martin.
0: I'm a wild and crazy guy. Get out of here. Get out of here, you weirdo. Uh anyway, that's gonna do it for us with so the besties. Make sure you join us again on December twenty-third. Apparently, I don't know. I guess we won't have a like a regular ass episode next week or kind of. I mean,
3: it'll not. go. so it'll go up uh, audio on, also on the 23rd. So if you want to listen, you can do that as well. But why would you do that? You have eyes yeah. unless you're blind, in which case, I'm sorry.
0: All on right. Cheery note. Uh, that's going to do it for us on the besties. Uh, make sure to join us again next time for the besties. You know, send the world's best friends. Pick the world's best things.